Here, welcome to the Bacon, Egg, and Cheese podcast, home of the educated shit talkers. I am your host for today's episode, Big Kev. And here with me today is the lovely panel. We have L.A. Michelle. We got Eccentric Ebbs. We got Mr. Defiant. We got Vision. And for the first time today, a lovely new host. Give it up for the lovely Shanice. So guys, let's jump into the topic for today. So the first episode, we talked about this specific person. And now tonight, we're going to be talking about the same person again because a new issue popped up. So today, uh, tonight, we'll be talking about Brittany Renner. So National Football Hall of Fame player and now Jackson State University coach Dion Primetime Sanders brought Instagram personality Brittany Renner to Jackson State University an attempt to educate the football team about the dynamics of relationships between athletes and celebrities. Renner advised that the athletes that it's more about business than it's romance. Oftentimes, young athletes get the two mixed up and it results in crazy situations. The general public has mixed feelings about the whole situation. Some question Prime's reasoning behind bringing Renner to speak on such controversial topic. There's a side that was opposed to her being the voice of the knowledge in this field and would have rather had professional people educate the athletes on what it will be like in the league. They are a selected few that would have rather had someone who lived that life, give them some tricks of the trade. With that said, was Coach Prime wrong in his efforts to give his athletes important knowledge on their potential future or was he right on the money? Okay, so my feelings towards it is that Coach Prime was absolutely right. At the end of the day, we have to look at it and see like somebody has that experience. If somebody's able to put you on game, it's the best thing possible. I remember um, back in the days when people used to tell us all the time, yo, listen to your OGs because your OGs will help you out. It's the same thing in the matter. It's just a woman who has that experience. If somebody like a uh, Lori Pippen or a Brittany Renner is able to give us that advice about how the game is ran, why would we not take that advice? That would be very, very smart, logical advice to take because it'll help these young kids in the long run because they know what to look out for in the end. A lot of these kids in college, they just there to try to play, play football, make money, and try to help their parents out and help out their family and folks. That's their main point. But when a pretty young woman comes and sees the potential in the guy, her main goal is to be there 100% so that she could be there when he makes the big bucks. So why not have somebody who has that experience with that help them in the long run? And that's my thoughts. So my thoughts on Brittany, the whole Brittany Renner situation, to be honest, I was very 50-50 about this entire subject because while I get what he was trying to do as far as the coach, he was basically trying to protect his players and trying to keep them from making stupid mistakes. However, do I agree that she should have been the one that's given this kind of advice? No, I do not. Because giving her history, it's kind of like putting a, like, a warning sign in front of people. They, it just kind of like, seems like it would scare them more than help them. It's like now like any female that's going to talk to them, they're going to like, be scared to even like, say something to them. Because in the back of their mind, they're going to have that same thought. This woman is like out to you know, get in my pockets. It's not necessarily. So, yes, it hurts and it helps. But the, type, the person that they had, giving the speech i just felt like with her given her history and the things that she's done and the books that she's put out the type of men she's dated 
the fact that she keeps like you know kind of putting herself on social media to be seen it kind of just makes me feel like she's just a giant warning sign herself per se it's not necessarily what she was saying was wrong i just feel like using her as the spokesperson for it just kind of just makes it sound like any girl who looks like this or features these type of features i'm gonna be afraid to talk to because there could be genuine females out there who actually do look like that and actually do have great intentions so I feel like in a way it helps them to understand what they're up against, but at the same time, it kind of harms them in a way because now they're going to have that untrustworthy type of mentality going forward. That's my thoughts. So I think both of you guys had really good points. I, but I do think that he was right to bring her to his players just to show them that they are pretty faces out there, but they are out to get you. And I do think that they should have some type of hesitancy when speaking to women, because Brittany said that everyone wants something from you. So he, she literally told them that. And they need, I think they needed to hear that from someone that was a pretty woman um, who's been in the industry, I guess, so to speak. Um, instead of just a colleague because sometimes you hear something from your friend that's like you and you're like okay I hear you but it won't be me but now you get to see someone who single who firsthand has done this to people and she started off a conversation saying that people that everybody in her dms have blue checks and she like that was a trophy for her like she's like yeah everyone in my dms has blue checks meaning that anyone that talks to me has money and she was proud about that. So they need to say they, they need to see that now and say, okay, when I get my blue check, there's gonna be women that are just happy that I have a blue check and I'm talking to, to them. So I think it was really good that he brought her in. And I do feel like once she left, they probably were like, and this is an example of what you don't need. And they needed that. So at first, when I heard about this, I was kind of I was split on it, and then I kind of thought Prime was wrong for doing it. But he brought the right female up to talk to these guys about how some of these, how some women are, um, how some of these women are, and how you know you got to look for the signs and warning signs in regards to you know some of them is going to take advantage of you and you know take advantage of your name and your wealth, and it's just. Prime, Prime is the perfect guy to be, you know, the coach telling them these things and having that type of exam because the lifestyle he lived in the NFL. He was one of the one of the flashiest players in the NFL history. And he did the right thing. I I, I like that he brought out he brought up Brittany to talk about um talk about this, to be honest. So what I have to say about Brittany Renner coming and speaking to these students. Um, I personally believe that it's best to hear it from the source, you know, it's good to hear it from somebody like her who actually dated and had a baby by, you know, an athlete and who has spoken out about how dumb athletes are. She actually said it, my, her words, not mine. So I do think it was a good idea to bring her because she did experience it. Now, I still, as I've mentioned before, I am still very confused about Brittany. 
Um, I'm confused about her because in one breath, she's at the DJ Academics, you know, interview talking about how she loved um, this guy. What is his name? PJ Washington. She loved PJ Washington and she got played and she tried to kind of malign him. And then in one breath, you're speaking to these college students about the type of woman to watch out for. Are you, what message are you trying to send when you say, when you're out there talking about, you know, there's blue checks in my DMs and all this stuff. What message are you sending? Did you love him? Did you love PJ Washington? You had his baby and he left you and you were hurt or were you really with him because he was only an athlete and you're telling these students, Hey, watch out for women like me. What is the message here? It's still a good message nonetheless, because, you know, they got the raw truth from her. And um, just reverting back to something L.A. Michelle said, you know, I understand what you're saying about, you know, there are women that may look like Britney that, you know, may not have her intentions. But let's be clear, her speaking to these college students will never make a difference. Athletes and, and, and you know, rappers and anybody in the entertainment or sports industry will always go for women that look like Britney, regardless of intentions. It's just good that she's out there letting them know like, hey, I look like this, but this is what I can do to you use me as an example. Now, like I said, my confusion lies where, where's your message? Are you saying that you're one of them? Because in one breath, you were saying you were not. So I'm very, I'm very much confused about Brittany. I'm very confused about her brand. Are you representing the woman that's out there to get the bag from a guy? Or are you representing the woman that looks that way, who is a model, but found love and was still hurt by an athlete? Which one is it? I, I'm going to need her to clarify. Okay, so when I first looked at this topic or heard about it, I was kind of brushing it off because of whom was involved. At first, I really wasn't feeling Brittany Renner's vibe about things because of her history. But then I decided to take a look at it when I was in a clubhouse room hearing about different views regarding it. So I said, you know what, let me let me get a different perspective and watch it for myself. And I think we're we're involving three different generations here. Generation X, then our the millennials, which is generation Y, which is everybody here, and then generation Z, which is those athletes there. We need to be careful not to shoot the messenger, but pay attention to the message. A lot of people were were shooting her in a sense because of her most recent history regarding the athlete PJ Washington and her her numerous relations around everywhere. But she wasn't lying about anything she said. There are a lot of checks in her DM regarding athletes, um, rappers, you name it. They're, they're going to want to do business with her in regards to boosting both of their stock, their reputation, so they could get more bookings for whatever. So it's a matter of not mixing business with pleasure. And I think that was the main message that she was trying to convey because that's what she did and that's why she has a child and now she's going back and forth conflicting with with the, the father of the child. But th those relations, that's, that's a whole nother topic. But the thing is to not mix business and pleasure. And for the people that had issue with her being the, the voice of reason, consider this. How many of your teachers did you really pay attention to when you were younger? None, none really, I thought so. 
So to her or to that generation, Generation Z, the um, new millennials, Brittany Renner is a celebrity. They pay attention to people on the internet more than they do in their real life. So they're going to hold what she says with more value. Therefore, anything that she says, they're going to listen to. As, as eccentric as she is, as much as she does, I can... I can let that slide if she gives a good message because a broke clock is white twice a day. So I, I applaud Prime for taking that risk to do it. I understand that that's both of their alma maters. So there's a little bit of pull right there. But I, I think we need to be careful not to shoot the messenger when it comes to, to little trinkets of wisdom that's given out. And also to people who really had an issue with, with her being it, I want to ask, so... Are you willing to be that voice of reason? And what happens when they don't listen to you? I mean, they're listening to these celebrities when they make these decisions, right or wrong, they still have influence. How are you going to influence the next generation? For those of you that don't know who Dion Prime Sanders is, let me just uh, give you this. So Big Kev, my lovely friend, Big Kev, gave me a Christmas gift a couple of years ago. What's the Christmas gift? Prime, prime time, Deion Sanders, when he was on the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers. Can't believe I made that slip. Uh, but in all honesty, what Coach Prime has done over the years, he's really done it for especially Black men. He went to his son's school, um, Trinity Christian. He coached them. He had all kinds of offers from all kinds of schools. What did he do? He went to an HBCU specifically in Jacksonville State University to help those kids out, to help out the HBCUs in general. And every little step that he does, he always say there's always God's plan in it. He always has a plan with everything that he does. Coach Prime is a very, very intelligent man. He's been through the experience. He's, he's Mr. Flash and Dash. He's the, the guy that showed up to his, uh, sorry, Jackson State, my mistake. It's not Jacksonville. So he's the guy that during his combine showed up in a limo, ran his 40, and then got back in his limo and dipped. He's all flash. But he realized as he got older that he didn't just want that for his sons. He didn't want that for his, his uh, team. He didn't want that for his players. So he's trying to give these kids game. Just like I said before, just like an OG. You got to respect that OG, what he's willing to do and what he's willing to sacrifice. A lot of people will question him, but you can't question a man's thoughts and his uh, initiative, which is not only help these students become the best students they can, help them to one day become in the NFL, and even if not the NFL, somewhere where they shine bright. And most importantly, learn how to budget. He, he has budgeting classes. He has all these different things. So he is, he planned this every single step of the way. And Brittany Renner is no different. You got to understand this woman has the experience. She is going to help these guys in the long run. And what Vision said is right. Nowadays, especially Gen Z, they listen more to celebrities than they do their, their pupils, their, their, 
their peers, their friends, even their family members. They listen more to a celebrity who is on cam, who is on IG, who's on Twitter, who's on Facebook, who's doing all kinds of things. They'll listen to them more than they'll listen to us where we're trying to lead people in the right direction. So why not take that experience and look at that experience and go, you know what? That's something I could take in the long run. It's not about pretty women. It's about knowing the game. And the game nowadays is make as much money as possible. And if you got to take it from somebody, you got to take it from someone. Now, if these kids are being wised up about how to do it and taking, taking care and being very careful about how they do things, you can't blame Britain Renner. You can't blame Coach Prime. You can't even blame Jackson State University because technically they're the ones that give the, this whole thing an okay. If they're willing to give this stuff an okay, why can't we look at it and go, you know, this was very smart. And more, more schools, not only HBCUs, but SEC, uh, NCAA, D1, D2, do school schools do the same thing. Why can't they do it? where they bring somebody in to speak to these students because these students are making a lot of money now more than ever. Why? Because as of last year, they now have the NIL. With the NIL, now these they're able to get these kids are able to get endorsements. These kids are able to get all kinds of things now. So they're getting money from college now. Hell, even from like senior year high school, they're able to make money. So guess what? There's somebody that's scouting him right now while he's just graduating high school and trying to plan their way to make sure that they behind him so that when, you know, they make it to the NFL or the NBA or the NHL or the MLB, any of those places, guess what? They're right behind them and say, yeah, I knew you could make it. Now it's like, all right, let's see where that money's coming from. That's my thoughts. That was good, um, Mr. Gary. That was really good. So to give a bit of a final thought, I think we could all use this as a learning lesson to help out Generation Z as much as possible. I think that because of how we grew up, especially millennial generation and the baby boomers, I think we kind of write them off at times based off of how we grew up. And we don't think that they're going to be productive in society as we are. But we have to understand that they're growing up in the social media age where pretty much everything is digital and they're seeing things a lot quicker than we are. So we have to meet them where we are, where, where, where they are, actually. And Brittany Ritter is the perfect vessel in this case to, to help them. We could, we could question her motives until the cows come home, but it's not, it's not really going to help anybody out in this, at this point. It's not going to help them out. I, I believe Prime was right on the money in regards to bringing her because he knows that they're going to listen to her these these athletes these college athletes nowadays are gonna they're going to capitalize on the fact that they're they're in a situation where they're getting their tuition paid for and they can still make money and it's something that hasn't been done before not at least not with their own will maybe they have mommy and daddy money but not not where they could do it themselves so this is a this is a perfect opportunity for them to to capitalize on their time there and I, I want to give Prime a lot of credit for being the the kind of not test dummy, but the person to stick himself out there. He went to an HBCU that didn't really have much success before. They just won a title, if I'm not mistaken. And 
he's going to get some of those athletes to the NFL one way or another. So he's doing his job and it's also influencing a lot of other athletes, especially black men who are athletes back in the day, they go back to HBCUs and, and help them out. So he's starting a, a movement and a lot of people kind of, they, they don't want to credit that because of whom he is, but I want people to stop looking at the person per se and just focus on their actions, focus on how good their actions are and we'll become better as a result of it. So before we move to the next topic, I got to introduce you guys to one of our other hosts, the lovely Luna. What's up, Luna? Hi. What's up, everybody? Now we're moving on to our second and final topic of the night. So when it comes to the way the, the world portrays the statue of women, often through the lens of object, um, objectification, has been often said that because of the male gaze, women in movies, music, and social will often be eroticized and objectified. As we continue to look at the influence of pop culture, we see the culture of women taking a dramatic shift. This has divided women into two groups, the women who are finding power and giving themselves permission to use their, their body in whichever way they please, such as posing nude or showing off assets in a social post using the line of my body, my choice. Then there is the other group of women who say I am more than my body and choose to show empowerment through just their voice and saying more, saying no more. We are currently at the height of the cinematic boom in which there are more women who are becoming producers and directors and even deciding how they want to be portrayed in the spotlight. Angelina Jolie once said to an Injustice magazine, what is about the power of a woman free in mind and body that has been perceived as so dangerous throughout history? Once a woman has determined how she is seen, she becomes a threat to systemic hierarchy and oppression of women. If the tables were turned, do we believe that men would be able to handle the same objectification or scrutiny? What are some examples in which we have seen women objectify men and make a bold statement? And also, why can't women speak boldly about sexuality and men? Okay, so when I was researching this topic, it just it felt very personal because as a woman, when one, everybody knows in the group that I want to do acting and stuff like that. But it's like, at some point, do you necessarily get to choose how you're portrayed? Or do you, do you have to necessarily go with what's normal and what is perceived as beautiful? You know what I mean? Because we are all in this, in this room beautiful in our own vibrant way. But it's like when you are put in that public eye, it's like when we fall into this line or characteristic of how does the rest of the world see us? And, do, and then that's when the whole hierarchy of oppression comes in, when it comes to our beauty and our beauty, Western society standards. When it comes to television and film, which is like one of my specialties, I just feel like there's a certain group of women who say yes to being objectified. And then there's those other type of women who just say, no, I'm going to rise above this. So I'm going to write the show. I'm going to produce a show. For example, like women like Shonda Rhimes, forgive me if I'm saying her name wrong. She allows women the choice to how they want to be portrayed. And 90% of the time, the characters she chooses are strong, independent women. And rarely do you ever see them have to take off their clothes in a show. Then you have these other women that feel like their sexuality gives them power. And I'm not saying that they're completely wrong. But at the same time, it's like you can't be upset 
if you chose this road and then people are seeing you as only that way. Now, if you're trying to make a statement, because I remember there's been a lot of political pieces where women have been naked and we were just basically trying to make a statement. But that's when it comes into saying like how we say something and how we do something that determines the outcome of how we are, how we're seen, you know? And I feel like I'm glad that women are starting to become more of the producer or the director because now we get to have a voice. I don't feel like it always has to go into taking off your clothes to make a statement. I feel like if you can just stand up for yourself, even if it like, I think we're so afraid to just be seen as, for lack of a better term, the B word, we're just so afraid to be seen as that, to be heard, that we're willing to just put up with anything. So when it comes to the justification, there's two people at fault here. There is like, there's people who won't say anything and just go with the flow. And then there's the people who just tell you what you're gonna do and you just follow along and go do it. I feel like in order for the objectification to start changing, then women need to start sticking up for themselves. Don't get upset when you start putting ass shots and butt shots and stuff like that all over the internet and getting mad because that's what men are looking at. If you want to be seen as more than that, then start using something else other than your body to make a statement. Now, I'm not saying you can't use your body to do what you want to do, your body, your choice, but choose in how you're, where you're, who your audience is. If your audience is, I'm purposely posting this to get this dude to get a like, you're going to get negative attention. If you're doing this to basically make a statement, like you're not like, I feel like I hate to go backwards to our last, a couple episodes before. Lizzo, she does a bit of both. <laughs> she does the, I'm going to make a statement. And then she does the, this is my body. I'm going to do what I want. So it's kind of like, it's, you just have to pick and choose who your audience is and figure out how you're going to be portrayed is is actually the right way to be portrayed and that is my point all right so after hearing what our lovely la michelle said i i agree more with her stance so i've noticed over time that a lot of women especially african-american women felt a bit preserved with their stance when it came to sexuality. They always felt they were a bit limited. They couldn't express themselves. But as we're matriculating into a new age, we're seeing that they're being able to express themselves more freely. But you know, as, as you get more freedom, there's always a cost that comes with that. I, I love the fact that more women are able to do shows that they can control, that they can show whom they are that they're not just more than their bodies. I like that because personally, that's why I look more into for women's particularly more intrinsic than extrinsic, even though extrinsic is a factor, that's, that's another topic, but still, I, I always have this bit of, this bit of issue where you, you portray yourself in a certain light and then get mad when people think of you only in that light. A lot of people do things sometimes without looking at the consequences. And I also have a bit of concern when it comes to the amount of freedom that is being given, where you sometimes oversaturate a market with uh, a lot of things. Like for example, I see a lot of people expressing their sexuality more. And while it is great, there is a there is a point where you can oversaturate it and make it so where that's the only thing that's being seen. And it 
it turns people off in a sense because it's like that's if that's all that you're about if that's all you're about from the outside people are not really going to see anything else people are not really going to want anything else if all you talk about is sex in a sense you can't be mad if somebody asks you about sex you you have to just understand what you're putting out there although i'm i'm not one that watches a whole lot of shows now i I like the fact that women are now being able to control their own narrative and senses. I just want people to be mindful of what they're putting out there and the consequences that come with it. Okay, so one of the questions that were asked is if the tables were turned, do we believe that men would be able to handle the same um, objectification or scrutiny as women? I'm gonna be honest, it happens all the time. I think men, I think for men, it's a lot different um, in a sense of how it's handled, because I feel like with men, we have an ego. Anybody that, that feeds our ego, we enjoy it. Now, there are certain men out there that don't like that too much. And to them, you know, you have to look at it a lens of how women feel, but they're most men, it's, a, it's an ego thing. If men were told like, I could name an example of a guy who loves to have his shirt off all the time. Uh, Safari. Let's just go with Safari. He's the great choice. So Safari loves to have his shirt off. Don't care where he at. He could be in front of Rucker Park in front of a whole bunch of men, which I, to this day, I still don't understand why he did it. But like, that's what happens all the time. Like some men embrace it. They love to be the center of attention. They love that kind of style. So to be honest, men deal with it a lot different than how women would deal with it. Not to say that it's not wrong. It's absolutely wrong of how men, um, women are being treated uh, for being how they are. But I'm gonna be honest, um, me and Vision have this thing like we talk about sometimes where we have conversations like this all the time um, when it comes to the over-sexualization of women. Uh, mainly we talk about how uh, we'll go on Twitter, especially IG is one thing, but you, if you have not been on Twitter, Twitter is next level of over-sexualization for both women and men. Literally, I just opened, opened up Twitter and the first thing I see is a woman saying, oh, some back shots would be nice. Out the blue, bro. At eight o'clock in the morning, yo. Yo, it's, it's stuff like this that happen all the time. Eight o'clock in the morning. I oh, I want some. I want to. I want to be knee deep in. What? Like why? Why is that necessary? Like early in the morning. Like yo, you can't just grab some coffee at Starbucks. Like some what? Donuts or something? You, yeah, like something. Like yo, you ain't see. You must have saw something that you must have liked early in the morning. Listen, the girl must have been making your latte well, and you must have saw the trippiness and then got turned off. I don't know, but but I do think like. What about the names, yo? What about the names? No, yo? no, no. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna go there. Like, but, think think about turkey no, no, no. sausages. Don't think about the other sausage. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're ridiculous. But no, to be honest. I think on both sides, it is a little bit too much nowadays, but freedom of speech and nowadays, this, especially in this generation with these kids, they don't care. They just don't care. They just do whatever, whenever they don't care. And it, oh, it's my mind, it's my body. Okay, cool. 
okay, cool, I get that. But me being a millennial, that shit wasn't always cool. Like, that shit wasn't always dope to... Like, yo, imagine y'all on Twitter and IG doing this. Imagine being on MySpace doing this. Like, MySpace and and uh, Black Planet doing all that. Like, nah. Like, you, you really, like, it, it wasn't cool to do that. So, to be honest... Um, the oversexualization thing for both sides, I think, is a lot, and I think they do need to calm down in a sense on both sides. But, um, in regards to men, like you can't be so like treating women like women are allowed to do what they please. It's like, like we said before, it's their mind, their body. You can't look at a woman and say this kind of things about her, but then look at a guy and also say. Oh, well, he's just doing his thing. That's not how it works. And that's how it'll never work. So that's just my thoughts on it. So after listening to all of you guys, it's interesting to hear some of your thoughts on everything. But I think that one thing that comes to mind when I think about objectification and like over-sexualization is that we've been taught this and it's been passed down. So at, and I think it's important to talk about culture as well like as people who are descendants of Africans African people have been over sexualized and objectified from the beginning right they like the women were sexualized and they were known to be like they would call them barbaric and like over sexual human beings and this is just what people thought of us and we've just perpetuated that thought so I think that we have to realize that this is not just like Rasan you were talking about um Twitter and just seeing everybody showing off things and like just their names and stuff are crazy, right? But this is something that was passed down to us. Also, we have been given platforms to show off, like to showcase these things before, like you said, uh, MySpace and stuff. Yeah, that those were out there, but people were being the same way that they are on Twitter and Instagram. It was the same thing. You might not have been exposed to it, but there was a lot of crazy things. So on Tumblr, you have these people who are show like they show porn and everything, right? And then it makes me think about just Black people in general. We are over-sexualized and objectified. It, when you think about porn, you there's a lot of reference to Black people. Like you have Ebony, you have BBC, those type of things. Those are objectifying people. And we're, we've just been objectified throughout time. And I don't know... I don't know how it can stop because we're like, we just, they're just different forms of objectification and they're shown in different ways and on different platforms. Um, one of the questions was, do you think men can handle it? Even though I'm not a man, I think that I can talk about that because I think men have been objectified by just even, even having a category in porn that's BBC. It, like you don't see that for any other um, race, you see it for black people, right? There's just, there's so much that, there's so much there to unpack. There's just a lot of objectification in general for black people. Women do get a br the brunt of it, but men get it too. So I think we've all been handling it in our different ways, like Rasan said earlier. All right. I agree with majority of what everyone is saying. Um, I could per se that as a dancer, um, a flex dancer, a dance hall dancer, choreography dancer, at times I am objectified. 
at times when you do auditions, they expect us females, us women to be dressed in a certain way. They expect me to dance in a certain way. Um, so sometimes my dance style doesn't recall to what they want. But yet again, it kind of makes me feel offended, offended in some type of way. Um, sometimes I got to wear certain clothes where I don't want to show too much skin and I have to. Or because that it fits the criteria to the entertainment business. Like a lot of women had no choice because that's how they had to make their money in the in whatever industry that they was doing. Like, you know, they, they had to show some type of skin, like sex sells. At the end of the day, we all got to remember that sex sells, whether it's for women or men. Men at times, we, we don't even pay attention to them as well. They at, at two, they they are looked in a certain way as as we was describing earlier in, a, in our own personal way. Um, when it comes to majority of us women, I feel that, yes, it is our body, our right. We do whatever as we please with it, but we do have a choice. And sometimes our choices end up with certain consequences. And certain consequences, we either can get out of it or we can't get out of it. Some of us that do get out of it, that was by God. Some of us that can't, that's a lesson that we had to learn at that time and moment to understand that, listen, that's not the path that we got to go down. And that's not a path that a, a woman should go down. Um, I'm, I can, I can say, I can relate from both sides. I've been that woman to where like I've gotten out of it. And then I've been that woman where I've learned through consequences, especially in the entertainment business. So um, as far as to the questions that the to the synopsis and the question that was asked, I I per se I can say that I can relate morally. I am that one that you guys are are talking about. I am that woman that has to step into the entertainment business sometimes and have to live that persona of where where I don't want to. I'm a type of woman where I just like to be in my in my hoodie and my sweatpants and my sneakers and call it a day. But my work sometimes require me to dance, choreography, and 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 speak in a certain way with, with, with certain men and certain people. And it's kind of uncomfortable sometimes. But hey, it, it is what makes the money. It's what seals the contract. It's what seals the deal, basically. So in this industry, it's kind of hard for us women. In this, in this life, it's kind of very hard for us women, period, because at the end of the day, it's, it's, we have this, but this is all they see. And technically, at the end of the day, all of this is what gets our foot through the door. And then later on, this comes and it's like, oh, that's even more beautiful. It's like, what the fuck? Part of my French, but it's like, what the hell? I had this the whole time and this is all you see. But it's like, all right, cool. No problem. And more. But I digress. All right. So I'm going to just say that I believe that a woman has the right to do whatever she wants with her body. When it comes to the objectification of women, I cannot speak for white women. I can only speak for black women, including myself. I've been objectified ever since I went through puberty. And it wasn't only just by older men. Sometimes it could just be 
you know, you wearing something that you wore a year ago as an 11 year old, but now that you're 12 and you have breasts and you don't understand because you're only 11, everybody's looking at you like, oh, that outfit, oh, oh, well, you know what she's doing. You know, I've been looked at that way since I went through puberty. Black women, a lot of Black women who tend to, um, how do I say this, um, go through puberty early and have to wear a bra in the fourth grade. Um, yeah, we go through that a lot in our community. Um, and just by walking down, you don't even have to do anything. Just by looking the way you look, people have already made their perception about you as a child. You're not even a woman, a child. So there are girls like me who go through that, but because they grew up in a family where you're protected and you're, you're, you're always looked after and you're cared for, you're not going to be subjected to certain things. Not every woman is that lucky. Not every child is that lucky. Not every child is that protected as a Black child, a Black girl, okay? And sometimes that can seep into us, go into adulthood, where we feel that the only way to get noticed is to be this sexual being. Sometimes we go through sexual trauma, and a lot of us don't speak about it where because it's not we don't speak to that we don't go to therapy we don't do anything we ain't talk to our mamas about it it then portrays in our actions as adults now there's the woman the black woman who grows up and decides you know what i want to be a sex worker this is what i want to do this is my profession i am not judging those women because everybody in this panel watches porn. So without women like that, who hasn't went through any sexual trauma, but wants to do that, who wants to objectify their body, who wants to put themselves out there, who looks at sex as an art as, rather than something that's disgusting and demonized, I'm not judging them either. But my issue lies with the women who know that's not what they're about, but because they want attention from men, or feel like that's the only way they can get attention from men, they do that. And when they do that, and then the men look at them a certain way, oh, that's not who I am. Granted, we are not one-dimensional creatures. We can be sexual, we can be beautiful, we can express ourselves in so many other ways. But if you don't show that, you don't show that you're multifaceted, people will always look at you as one way. Black women, we have it worse than anybody because we're naturally sexually objectified by everyone just for existing. I cannot help. There's some women who go out and get plastic surgery to get a certain look. And then there's some black women who naturally have it and they cannot help that. And because of that, we, it doesn't matter if you have a master's. It doesn't have you, it matter if you have a PhD. It doesn't matter if you have, if you can speak eloquently. It doesn't matter how bougie you are. You'll be seen as a common tramp by some people. Or even in higher echelon of, of situations, like if you work as a lawyer, if you work as a doctor or whatever, people will tend to dumb you down. That to me is disgusting. As for the objectification of men, I can't speak for white men. I can speak for my black brothers. I can't even speak for my black brothers because I myself am not a black brother, I'm a woman. But if you guys feel objectified, I'm gonna be honest and you guys are objectified. But my question is, do you feel objectified? Because I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I, 
you guys aren't very vocal about that. I, I feel like you guys bask in the in the ambience of having the BBC. I, I, I mean, so I don't know. It exists, but do you have a problem with it? As for my Black women, I say, and I tell this to the public, we are multifaceted, we are beautiful, we are sexual creatures, but however, we're more than just that. Now, if you are a Black woman, then you're in that field, that's what you like to do, I'm not knocking you. But if you are not that type of woman, you know that you're educated, you can be sexual too, like I said, we are more than just one thing just be true to yourself. If you know you're not that, that's not what's meant for you, that's fine, that's okay. There is somebody out there that'll appreciate you for who you are. Don't play who you're not. And the thing is, we live in a society now where everybody looks to celebrities, as we mentioned before. When we look at people, I'm gonna bring up just one person. When we look at Chloe Bailey, She's out there being very sexual and she's saying that's her. But then when she gets the negative backlash, oh, why can't you guys let me be who I want to be? Is that you? If that's you, don't say nothing. Stand in who you truly are and be who you are. If you really didn't care and if that was who truly who you are, you would have nothing to say. That's why I give her the side eye a lot. So my thing is black women, be true to yourself. If you are the type of person you want to be out there, you want to be sexual and that's your, your lane, do that by all means i'm not judging you and i don't think they need to be judged because y'all watch porn so stop judging them but as for the women who went through sexual trauma and are utilizing their sexuality just for attention i ask that you speak to somebody i ask that you get the help that you need because that that discovers a that that inquires a lot of self-recovery a lot of just inner work as for the women that are not like that hey that is fine. Be who you want to be. Black women are multifaceted. We come in many shapes and forms in terms of personality, in terms of sexuality. And I think everybody should be embraced. So this has been one of the most fun episodes and one of the most informed episodes we have. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Please like, comment, subscribe. Please follow us on our IG page, Bacon, Egg and Cheese Experience, and also on the same name for the YouTube page. This is Big Kev, and this is the panel. And we'll see y'all later. Peace.